This is our Wednesday night Equip and Disciple. Tonight, um, Pastor Sheldon is continuing in his series, Running Your Race. And tonight, his um, message is titled, Surrounded. So he's going to talk a little bit about um, being surrounded by support and maybe not support. Um, kind of reminds me of sports. Chad, you played sports in high school? Yeah, I used to wrestle in high school. And one of the, um, you know, when you wrestle, it's one-on-one with a, uh, against your opponent. And while you're wrestling, sometimes you get to a place where you're stuck and you're giving all your strength and energy and, and you just feel like you can't make it. But what I really love about the sport is that you're surrounded with a team and people that encourage you. And they encourage you. Sometimes that lifts you up to keep going and giving your all. And so um, with that, we want to welcome Pastor Sheldon uh, to share the message tonight. Thanks, Chad. Thank you, Erica. So we're going to be in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. If you want to turn there, if you have your Bibles or your notepads or your phones. We have our New Hope app that you can use, and uh, that can help you to take notes and things like that. One of the things I find in this series is that we understand what running is all about, every single one of us. In fact, when I was growing up, my brother used to tell me that I was super fast, and this is how he would do it. My mom would ask him to do something, like check the mail, and then he would say, Sheldon, man, you're so fast. You probably can get the mail quicker than me. You know, I can get it in 10 seconds. Let's see how fast you can run. Let's see how fast you can run. So being the younger brother, I'm thinking, let me try. And so he would count. And, and what he would do is he, was, he would hold up on the numbers. He would count to nine. So he's like, oh, you're faster than me. And then the next time I needed to check, it's like eight so he made me quicker every time, but I wasn't changing speed. He just changed the number so that I felt like I was doing good so that I would check the mail for him. And anytime I needed to do an errand of some sort, he would use my speed or lack thereof as the motivation to do what needed to be done. Now in Hebrews chapter 12, what God does is he shows us that we are in this race. Every single person has a race to run. Whatever life you're living right now, it's, it's a race. Sometimes you're doing well, you're ahead, and then sometimes you slow down, and sometimes you fall. But even in this race that we're in, no matter if you trip, fall, stumble, or are winning, you're still in the race. You see, it doesn't matter what happens in the race what, ha- what matters is what you're going to do at every season of your race. Are you going to persevere or are you going to quit? Are you going to continue on or are you going to throw in the towel and say, because of this, I'm done? Or are you going to remember the people that believed in you? Are you going to remember that God believes in you? Are you going to remember the vision that God gave to you when you first said yes to him. See, when we said yes to Jesus, not only did he pay the, or, or, or uh, release that burden of sin that we all carried on us, he also gave us vision for life. He gave us a picture of who he's making us to be, regardless of what we're doing in the world or our, our position at work or if we own a business or if we're going to school or college. He's letting us know this is who you are. That may be included in your life, but those things don't define you. I defined you. In other words, God wants us to remember that if we forget anyone in our life that surrounds us, 
we should never forget that he's the first and foremost that surrounds us. Not just to let us know that he surrounds us, but that he constantly cheers us on. Hebrews chapter 12, I'll read uh, verse 1. And if you're there already, I'm reading out of the New International Version. So our translations might be a little bit different, but you'll, you'll catch it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles us. Interesting, the Bible says that there is some sin that easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So not only are we in this race, and not only did God give us a race to run, but it's marked out for us. That there are certain key points in life that God says, I'm directing you, I'm going to show you the way, because it's marked out for you. And you got to run with endurance, perseverance, because this race is marked out for us. Now, I want to focus on a couple key things. One is surrounded and being surrounded. What, what surrounds you? Like, what, what in life surrounds you? Who surrounds you? What are some things that you surround yourself with? Now, on cold nights, you surround yourself with blankets and pillows. Right now, in this air conditioning, if you're freezing cold, you surround yourself with jackets and blankets, and you bring things like that. If you're hot, you surround yourself with fans. If you're, if you're at, a, uh, at a, a party, you surround yourself with good friends. So what do you surround yourself with? Because believe it or not, whatever you surround yourself with may actually determine the course of your race, and how well you will do in the race of life. In high school, when we were heading toward graduation, you know, the senior year, you think your friends are going to be with you forever. You know, and you talk story about, yeah, we're going to do this. Man, after we graduate, we're going to spend so much time together. We can go beach every day. We can party every day. This is before I knew Jesus. We can do all of these things. And so you have this picture of what graduation will be like. I can sleep in. I don't have to worry about anything. And then you graduate, and maybe you spend time with some friends, but then after a while, the friends you used to hang around with, you no longer hang around with. Maybe you have a best friend, and maybe you were fortunate enough to hang around with them for a long time, but really the friends we had growing up, sometimes they no, they're no longer around us. And it's not a result of us saying, I don't want you around, or uh, they're no good. It's just a result of people do different things in life. And so friends are going to disperse from our life. They're going to they're leave for whatever reason. They're going to be no longer available for the time that you used to spend together. And we think that maybe this is going to last forever, having this group of friends. And then when we come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, something changes inside of us. Something happens. Like there's a new life, a life of transformation. And God reminds us constantly that your surrounding makes a big difference in what's going to happen on the inside and the trajectory of your life. So I don't know if you asked that question before to yourself, that who surrounds me? What do I surround myself with? Because if, if you're trying to do something great in life, you want to surround yourself 
with a good environment. And I'm not just talking about people. I'm just talking about a great environment. For instance, let's just say you're trying to quit drinking. Hanging out at the bars is not the best place to do so. I mean, if you're at the bar and they're, they're you know, serving all of this alcohol and, and your friend says, hey, you want to drink? No, 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 I'm trying to quit. What are you doing here? I just figure, hang out. But you're trying to quit. Yeah, yeah, How's it going? Well, this is day one. This is day one. I don't know how long you'll last. I mean, if you have a strong will, then that's great. But if not, weakness will take over. Whatever you surround yourself with will help you or hinder you. And that's what this scripture is talking about. Letting us know that since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, since you're surrounded, then you're able to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And then it continues in verse 2. It says, And let us run with fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Interesting that the Bible actually tells us that Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the throne of God, surrounding us. Like Jesus didn't just go sit at the right hand of the throne of God just to sit and be there. No, he's called our mediator. Now, some of you played sports, and maybe some of your children are in sports. And if you're a parent, and you go to your children's games, and if you're competitive, it's probably harder for you being in the stands than it is for your child being on the field. Because for Heidi and I, when we would watch games, we would be so, we would be so involved with the game. We're like, come on, run, let's go. Well, come on, ref. You know, you'd say those things. Come on. And you say, come on, run, 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 run. Ah, oh, you missed the ball. Come on. You couldn't see the ball coming. Come on. You're trying to cheer them on. And they're only five years old. I know. They're T-ball. But you're trying your very best to cheer them on. And you get more frustrated because you can't help them. You can't do anything. Because they're on the playing field. And the picture God wants us to see is this is where we are right now. We're, in, we're on the playing field. Now, being surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses can mean so many things. For you, it could be a parent. It could be a loved one. It could be a friend. It could be someone who passed on. Maybe someone who is no longer here with you and you you constantly think about them cheering you on. Like when times get rough, you can hear their voice. You sense their spirit saying, it's okay. Get back up, boy. You can keep going. Come on, girl. Get back up. You can keep going. You can sense their spirit. Why? Because we're so surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And the number one fan we have is Jesus. He cheers us on. He constantly reminds us that we're we're never to think that we're alone. That the Bible tells us he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. Because we're constantly surrounded by his love, by his spirit. And in his spirit, in him giving us his spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, we're able to have the power to endure the most difficult times when we encounter those times of darkness. Now this phrase, great cloud of witnesses, actually means those who have run and wrestled and have overcome. Yeah, those who have run and wrestled and have overcome. 
Who do you find in your life that fits this category? Someone who runs, someone who has wrestled, but someone who has overcome. Someone who has run in life, someone who has gone through some tough stuff, has wrestled with some issues, but they've overcome. They were able to overcome some difficult situations. Who is that person in your life that you could see? Or do you fit that category? Have you, have you been running? You've been wrestling with some things, and you've been able to overcome. Maybe you're, maybe you're in the beginning stages. Maybe you're right here. You're, right now, you're running. And you're, you're just like on a treadmill. You're running. You're, you're sweating. You're, di- you're dying of thirst. But you ain't going nowhere. Like you're, you're doing things, but it, there's no, it's like there's no progress. So maybe you're running, or maybe you, you're wrestling with some things. Maybe you're wrestling with some issues. Maybe, maybe there are certain things that you're thinking about, and you know it's not godly, and now you're wrestling with that. Or maybe you're wrestling with a decision that needs to be made, wrestling with another person because they drive you crazy. Maybe you're wrestling with your own thoughts. Maybe you're wrestling with your past, wrestling with what your future would look like, wrestling with an issue right now, finances, marriage, family. You're wrestling with it right now. See, nothing wrong with this. Everybody runs. Everyone runs. That's what 1 Corinthians 9 tells us. Everybody in the race runs, but only one gets surprised. So everybody runs. Everybody's going to wrestle with something. Jacob wrestled with the angel, if you're reading in, our, uh, in, in your Bible, that he wrestled with the angel, and then he, he wrestled all night. And then the angel had to touch the socket of his hip. And then his name was changed from Jacob to Israel because he wrestled with, he wrestled with God. So everybody's going to run. Everyone's going to wrestle. But here's the... Here's the the news, not everyone overcomes. Not everyone overcomes. Everyone will run. Everyone will wrestle. But not everyone overcomes. And from, from this point to that point, we don't know what takes place in order for us to say, I, I, I can no longer do this. Everyone's going to run. Everyone's going to wrestle. But not everyone overcomes. So the question then is, if we're believers, if we believe in Jesus Christ, how do we become overcomers? If we're all going to wrestle, we're all going to run, I want to be someone who says, I overcome. I don't want to stop here. I want to overcome the obstacles. You know what is neat about this, this almost uh, steps that we go through is that you may be the one, those who have run, wrestled, and have overcome for someone else in the future. You may be that for them right now. You may have overcome some things, and now people are looking to you for advice. In other words, when you're able to run, wrestle, and overcome, you become one of the clouds or witnesses in this great, in this cloud of great witnesses. You, be, you become one of those that surround other people. I mean, that's what Jesus wanted us to do. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. In other words, you got to do something in order to make a disciple. You, you can't just sit and not do something. 
you got to run, you got to wrestle, but you're going to have to overcome in order to make disciples. In other words, Jesus is saying, the great commission that I gave to you to reach out to other people is going to be a result of you running, wrestling, and then overcoming. Because people are looking for other people to help them overcome. They're going to run, they're going to wrestle, but who's going to help them to overcome? We were with our ELN students uh, early on in the evening, our Emerging Leaders Network, and we were watching a Tim Tebow uh, lesson, and it was about 10 minutes long. It's from his book, Shaken, and it's on our Right Now Media. If you are connected with our uh, Rooted and Growing, then you can connect to Right Now Media, and if you're a member of the church, you can have Right Now Media, and uh, it, it gives you access to thousands of uh, teaching videos, but we were teaching this video, and one of the things that Tim Tebow talked about was his foundation in how they're helping people who are living in darkness to see light, to know that there is a, a future, there is a hope, that they are to bring faith, hope, and love to the hurting world. And the reason that he's do, the reason why he's doing this is because he sees people running and people wrestling, but not too many people are able to overcome. And I thought, God has given all of us influence, a platform to help other people overcome. But if we're still wrestling, hard to help someone overcome while they're wrestling while you're still wrestling. And I know we want to we be people who represent the Lord well. We want to be people who, who help other people. And so we want to be overcomers. You know this word, overcome, and this other word, since kind of kind of helps us to know that there needs to be something happening in order for us to overcome while we're wrestling this word since it's a powerful word since now we use it every so often but I want us to look at this word in this kind of way. Because victory or defeat is determined by who or what follows since. Who or what follows since. So I can say, I, I don't have the strength to move this refrigerator. But thanks, but since... Joey is here, since Drew is here, since they're here, I can do this. Why? Because they're stronger than me, theoretically. They're stronger than me. It's just in my mind, maybe they are, maybe they're not. But they can do that. That word since, whatever follows that, is going to determine victory or defeat. I can say, we, we're going to play a tennis tournament. <laughs> and since... I've got to pick on somebody. Uh, since, since we have, uh, uh, I'll use, uh, sorry, Dennis, I've got to use you. Since we have Dennis, I don't know how good you are at, at, at tennis. Since we have Dennis, I'm not sure if we're going to win or lose. Or I can say, we're going to enter a tennis tournament, and since we have Serena Williams, we should be able to do well. So this word since, whatever follows that, is going to help you determine if there's going to be victory or defeat. Let's just say you say, I, you know, there are certain things happening in my life I'm not able to overcome. But since I have the Holy Spirit, 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't know about my marriage. It's not, it's not there yet, but since God gave me his promises, I can endure. You see how much of a difference whatever follows since makes? And so when the Bible says, we are, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, in other words, the Bible is saying, you're able to. Why? Because you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. You're not on your own. You have people surrounding you, the Lord surrounding you, cheering you on. Since you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, you're surrounded. You're able to. You can, you can throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles since you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Now, when you study the Bible, anytime you come across the word, therefore, what it's telling you is there is something before. So therefore, since we are surrounded, that word therefore says there's something before that. What is it saying? Why is it saying therefore? What, what is it coming from? So therefore, since we are surrounded, therefore, what's before there? There's something before, therefore. You know what is before that? Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We recognize it as the hall of faith. Hebrews chapter 11. And if you want to turn there, you just flip the page over one time. And you're, you're ready or two times because there's a lot. So it, it, it gives us, and I'm, I'm just going to give you a little bit of what these people accomplished by faith. And it starts off in verse 1. Now, faith is the substance in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was made out of what is visible. Was not made out of what is visible. So in verse 4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. And it goes on and on with those who had faith. In verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Then it continues. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. In verse 36, still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were, they were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. They did not receive the promise. It almost seems like, well, then why are we running this race? What promise is God talking about? 
Then it continues in verse 40. God, I want us to catch this now. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Now, you might be thinking of, okay, so what does this have to do with me? you got to catch that last phrase. Since we're surrounded by such a crowd, uh, such a great cloud of witnesses, this is the end result of what came before, therefore. If you look at these men and women, they overcame. They ran, they wrestled, but they overcame. Why? Because they had the faith in order to do so. They didn't need to see the result in order to have the faith. They knew the result because they had faith. The moment you believe that what God said he's going to do, that he's going to do, that's your faith in action. That's you, that's you saying, I, I have the faith. Tim Tebow actually called it instant faith. It sounds almost paradoxical and, and that it, 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 it doesn't make sense because how can faith be instant? Well, he tells a story of talking to these high school students in the Philippines. It's one of his uh, missionary trips. And he's speaking to hundreds of high school student, students at this one village. And he sees three boys kind of make their way out. Now he's thinking, why did these three kids leave? So after he's done with his, uh, uh, his message, he, he kind of leaves the crowd and he looks for these three boys. He finds them in a hut. And they kind of motion to him, and, and he comes by them, and he says, why did you guys leave? And they said, well, our principal said that we're not worthy to meet the Americans. Because we're not presentable, and we wanted to impress you. I mean, it just breaks Tim Tebow's heart. And he says, where, where are you going? And so they crawl under this bamboo hut, and they're underneath, and they take Tim Tebow to their friend, who is a paralytic. His, his legs are actually turned around, so he's crippled, and he cannot walk. And Tim Tebow prays for this man. He receives Jesus. And this young man, who has the, the legs that are broken, looks at Tim Tebow, and he says, I cannot wait to one day run with you in heaven. That's what he means by instant faith. He believed what he knew was going to happen. See, being surrounded by people, being surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses matters in our life because we're going to surround ourselves with so many different kinds of people, so many different thoughts, so many different uh, uh, scenarios and atmospheres that we got to ask ourselves, what are we surrounding ourselves with? Some people, they surround themselves with, well, here in Hawaii, such a beautiful place, the beach, such a beautiful surrounding. I've even had people tell me they don't need to come church because beach is their church. I'm thinking, then you don't know what church is. Church has nothing to do with the beach unless you're having church down there. Church is the people. It's us. We surround ourselves with the church. Not so that we can just huddle together as believers, but so that we can build each other up, strengthen each other, and go out into a darkened world where maybe they might see Jesus as their Lord and Savior with an instant faith in Him. And maybe, maybe God calls us 
to run and wrestle and to be overcomers, not because we have our life together, but because he holds our life together. Even though we wrestle and we run and we struggle, we can only overcome because he did. That's the only way. And so he says, you run with endurance. Why? Because everyone will run. Everyone will wrestle, but not everyone will overcome. And because we're all surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we can all be victorious in every area of life. Here's some things that will help us. I'm going to give us three simple things. The first one, and if you're writing this down, it's kind of long, but you'll catch it. You run knowing you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. You run in such a way that you win. Why? Because you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Doesn't it make a difference that if you're running in a race and no one's cheering for you versus you're running in a race and everyone's cheering for you, especially the person that you see most important in your life? Like you could look back in your life and you can probably, I don't know if you can pick out people who said negative things to you. I don't, I don't, maybe we can. Maybe we can choose a couple people. But I guarantee you, you can pinpoint people who have said something positive to you. Some, someone who stood by your side. Someone who cheered you on. Someone, said, someone who said, I believe in you. Yeah, we remember those people. We can remember those people. It could be a parent. It could be a, a, an aunt or an uncle. A, a teacher. Someone who believed in you. They're cheering you on. They're still doing that. So we're all going to run. We're all going to wrestle. But only Jesus allows us to overcome. That's the only way we can overcome. It must be by Christ. The second thing is that we wrestle with victory in mind. We don't just wrestle. Wrestle with victory in mind. You don't just go with your opponent and then you wrestle hoping things go well. No, you go in there with victory in mind. There's no one who ever lost a championship in an interview that they asked them, so how are you feeling? Oh, I feel great, man. This was like such a great loss. You know, it's, I mean, we just came in to kind of, you know, show our skills and see how good we are. We are. And so, we, oh, man, it was, it was the best loss ever. Why, why, why do they come with, man, we, we got to regroup. We, it was, it's heartfelt. I don't know if we can, I mean, we got to regather ourselves. They'll, they'll talk about some mistakes they made. The reason, the reason why it's so heartbreaking is because they had victory in mind. They could smell the prize. They could taste the prize. They, they felt the win, but then all of a sudden, Patriots come back. And then, sorry, and then there it goes. I mean, it's so heartbreaking. But that's what Jesus did. He said, it looks like I'm losing because I'm going to the cross, but we actually win because I overcame sin and death. So you wrestle with victory in mind. You wrestle knowing that Jesus will give you the victory. It's only in and through him. And then the last thing, number three, we overcome by the blood of Jesus. Now, if you've never heard that term before, the blood of Jesus, what is that all about? There is power in the blood. The Bible says there is life in the blood. So when Jesus poured out his life, his blood to us, he did that so we'd be covered by his blood. In other words, his life covers us. His life surrounds us. He constantly cheers us on. Here's how the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 and 11. And we're going to close with these two scriptures, Revelation and Exodus. And I'm going to invite Jamie to come up. 
In Revelation 10, uh, excuse me, 12, verses 10 and 11, it says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. In other words, death has nothing over us now. We live for the Lord because he lived for us. And he gave his life for us, freely gave his life on his own merit. Why did he do that? So that we could be overcomers. That's why. You see, you don't, you don't live this life and struggle and wrestle and run for nothing. We, we overcome. Why? So that we too can be a cloud of witnesses for other people. People have passed on before us. They're cheering us on, constantly cheering us on. You can hear grandma's voice, papa's voice, uncle's voice, mom's voice, daddy's voice. You can hear them. Why? Because they're cheering you on. It's not a scary, spooky, spiritual thing. It's a, it's a biblical cloud of witnesses vision for your life they're surrounding you they're constantly cheering you on now if you're not buying into that I want to give you this in Exodus chapter 13 verses 21 and 22 when when the author of Hebrews talks about the cloud of witnesses they understood what the cloud was all about They understood the context of the cloud of witnesses coming out of Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. In other words, they were constantly surrounded by this cloud. Why? Because God was leading them. Listen very carefully. What you choose to surround yourself with can actually determine what guides your life. Surround yourself with such a great cloud of witnesses. Those in the faith. Those who love you and want to help you become better and better every single day. And then you do the same for someone else. See, the, the, the same cloud that guided God's people is the same God that is still guiding us today. It's just in different form. The cloud by day, now it's cloud of witnesses. Same God. He'll use different methods, but he'll always be the same. Hebrews 13.8, our four square scripture, our denomination, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can rest assured that he constantly surrounds us. Never forget that no matter what difficulties come our way, we are always surrounded. But we choose what surrounds us, which will determine the race that is set before us and how well we'll do. I pray that we will constantly think not only that God surrounds us, but who surrounds us.
Not that you're going to say, out with you, out with you. You're done, you're done. No, no, no. It could very well be you're the one that's going to help them as they run and wrestle to help them overcome by introducing them to Jesus Christ. Don't take anything for granted. And even the friends that you have, even the people that surround you, they may be people that might help you to do better or they might be people who hinder you. But it doesn't mean you no longer connect with them. God may very well have you in, them, in their midst so that you can bring the light to them. They might be steering you in the wrong direction. Now, if that's happening, now you've got to ask yourself, now I've got, I've got to wrestle with this. And then how do I overcome? Because I love these friends, but they're not heading in the same direction as me. Lord, help me to be an influencer and a light that shines even in the most darkest places. Never forget, it's all back to God in him surrounding us so that we can surround others in the hopes that they too surround themselves with him. You say amen to that. You bow your heads with me and we'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, our, our joy, our hope, our, our love for you and, and the fact that we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us causes us to remember that apart from us, they don't receive their promise, which tells us that we're important in this race. It's a relay race. We, apart from us, they don't receive the promises, those who have gone before us. So we play a big part. And so help us, Lord, to be people who, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses that we would run with endurance, the race set before us. Help us to, as we wrestle, Lord, help us to be overcomers. Help us to be the kinds of people that understand that it's because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony that we're able to overcome. So we thank you that we can be overcomers since we're surrounded by you. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we all said amen. Can we thank our Lord who cheers us on every single day? Lord, we thank you tonight. Chad and Erica is going to close us up. Thank you, Pastor Sheldon. You're welcome. Thank you, Pastor Sheldon. That was awesome. Chad, what did you, what, what stuck out to you? Yeah, I liked what he said, that what you choose to surround yourself with can either hinder you or lead you. And... Um, it reminded me of when I first started coming to church, and I just wanted to have Jesus more in my life. And so I started getting involved with small groups, and I started to um, serve in different ministries. And I, and I found that when I did that, that the people that I with, they were with me through life. So when I was going through troubles and hardships, they were there. They encouraged me. And when I was doing good and I was getting it, they were cheering me on. And um, it made a big difference. So what about you, Erica? What did you get tonight? You know, God is so good. Um, we're sitting here taking notes, and I look over at Chad, and I go, so what'd you get? What you going to talk about? And he goes, and he shows me his notes, and, it, and the thing was, when I first started coming to church, and I was like, it's the exact same thing I was going to talk about. When I started coming to church, I was in high school, and you know, my friends, we weren't doing bad things, but it, was, it wasn't like following Jesus, and I remember slowly separating from these people and it and it and it causes that hurt you know it's it's I love them but I feel myself not doing the same thing and it's 
it was being surrounded by not the right people. You know, when, when you talked about, so what, what am I surrounding myself with? That's mm. what stuck out to me the most because when I was with my friends, it, it wasn't I didn't want to be with them. It wasn't they were bad people. It was just, why are you going to church so early in the morning? Why can't you stay out late? Why can't you, why are you going to sleep when you're here? Why are you leaving before we get up? Why are you at church at 530? Why can't you cancel and be with us? And it was like, whoa. You know, that's not what God would want. And when I started surrounding myself with the right people, they poured into me. They were like, I can't believe you're here at 5.30 in the morning on a Sunday. I can't believe that you're doing the things that you're doing. And reminding that we surround ourselves with a cloud of witnesses and accountability partners because they're here not only to encourage us, but to also keep us accountable to the things that we do.